Hi, welcome to another episode of Remote Art Talks. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Maya Skarzenski. Maya is a Toronto-based multidisciplinary artist fusing together painting, textiles, and photography. She is currently in her final year at OCAD University for drawing and painting, and her work explores the intersections between the abject and the beautiful. Hi, Maya. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's uh, good, good. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. You know, getting through it, <laughs> staying home. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so you create work that spans across a range of different mediums. Do you mm-hmm. want to tell us a little bit about what you've been working on lately? Yeah. Um, so I guess the past year I've been working a lot on um, my textile practice predominantly my soft sculptures. So I've been making um, pillows that are sort of fleshy, but playful. Um, They're actually uh, sort of representations of creatures, Mm -hmm. um, worm-like creatures that I like to call wonks because they're wonky. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, they're very self-contradictory. Um, I think of them as both like symbiotic creatures, friendly creatures, but also parasites and um, sort of insidious um, monsters that are sort of hiding in the shadows. So what exactly, I mean, you know, I'm looking at the images of it and it's kind of interesting because they're in these really like bright colorful almost um like optimistic and bright colors but then when you describe what you're describing it sounds a little bit like morose as well was there like i guess like where did you come up with the idea of this or like what kind of feelings brought you to this point where you were creating this kind of work um honestly my own ambivalence So I started out just sort of like painting. I wanted to like work on painting more fluidly. I I find I, um, when I, when I was, when I first started like painting, I was making like very uh, sharp shapes, um, a lot of squares, rectangles, uh, very geometric. And I want to break out of that. So I just started painting squiggles Mm. And um, they looked super different from everything else that was going on in my work. So I kind of like imagined them as like creatures that had moved on to my paintings. And I got kind of obsessed with that idea and um, I turned them into sculptures. And um, I couldn't make up my mind as to whether or not they were like evil creatures Mm. or good creatures. Um, and sort of every time I, I started a new project, I had like a new story about them. Right. And, um, yeah, yeah. I find people have very different reactions to them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I, I've started like tying them together, um, in more and more, uh, aggressive ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I find that sometimes I show them to people and they're like, oh, this is so fun. Like, I want to play with them. Um, I want to touch them. I want to do something with them. And then other people would look at them and they're like, this is like 
kind of gross. Like they look kind of yeah. gross. They're like, they're like these kind of fleshy tones. Like some of them are like almost skin tones, but they're not, they're not realistic enough to like look yeah. like anything. So it's, it's kind of, I think it has that uncanny effect. Yeah. And then the tying and like the compression of it, people seem to like really react to and respond to. Mm -hmm. um, and I like both reactions equally. So yeah. I've kind of been trying to um, work with both of them and like work between um, like their, their ability to comfort and discomfort people. I really love that. I mean, like, I think, you know, this sort of crosses over into more like personal tastes for art, but I tend to gravitate towards work like that too, where it's, aesthetically pleasing but there is something like not necessarily disturbing about it but you know it's not all butterflies and roses like if you looked at it long enough you're like I feel a bit like uneasy and you know looking at some of these soft sculptures and I think also like looking at the titles of some of the work like you know you see it and yeah it, it, someone who might look at it thinking that it's like you say something like positive and optimistic but then the title has the word abattoir in it and it's like, ooh, oh, um, but yeah, I think they're great. They're really neat. I would love to see them in person one day. <laughs> Thank you. Once this is all over, when we're not like hiding in our houses. Um, so on that note, you're not at your studio right now, um, but can you maybe describe like, do you usually have a studio outside of your home or do you work at home? Um, I prefer to work at home. I used to have a studio. Um, but I, I really enjoy working at home, um, cause I can, I can kind of, I can sew, um, whenever I feel like it, um, I can like hang out with people and work on my projects or I can, um, you know, like watch a, a show or a movie or something. Um, so for me, it's easier. I, I like being in my own space. I like being um, sort of more relaxed, uh, which which I have a lot more trouble with when I'm in, in a studio. And sometimes I find I'm a little less productive if I'm at a studio because then I'm, I don't know, I, I, I can't get into it the same way that I do when I'm at home. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's, for most people, it's almost like the reverse. Usually people say the reverse. I know I'm the same thing, like, but the opposite, like I have a hard time working at home. I need the external space for, to focus, but um, yeah, that's great that working at home seems to be like the best space for you and your practice. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, I mean, since you're not in your studio right now, um, is there anything that you're doing like, are you continuing to work on your practice during this time or are you doing other stuff to, you know, quote unquote, like stay inspired or what have you? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm still figuring it out. Um, but I couldn't really take, uh, all my materials with me because I've, I've just moved home, um, to sort of get away outside of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, Lately, I've been doing a lot of gouache painting. Ooh, great. Which is like completely different from, from everything else. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last because uh, literally right before this, I was looking at where I could buy fabric online. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I'm trying to work on, uh, on my other skills as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping to do more photography and more, um, digital art. I'm really excited to experiment with some digital art. Um, get back into 3D animation and um, maybe work on like scanning my pieces and seeing how I can rework them digitally and see how that might work. That's neat. So I guess like my, you know, as someone who I'm not an artist, but mm -hmm. I, you know, appreciate art. It might be interesting for folks to hear about like, you know, when someone hears about a multidisciplinary artist, what's sort of like your philosophy about, um, using all these different mediums like you know typically when someone thinks about a traditional artist they're just like focused on one thing whether it's photography or painting but I see that like with you it's almost like your practice is about like the body of work and the different forms I mean mm -hmm. definitely please correct me because I you definitely know better but do you want to maybe explain that a bit more yeah um I guess uh, when I first got into art, when I first became like interested in art, I was, um, I was in high school and I was really interested in like Dadaist work and um, some modernist work. Mm -hmm. And it was generally like very mixed media, collage, anything goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was like, there was, a Robert Rushenberg quote that really struck me and it's kind of been like I've been carrying it with me um, for as long as I can remember now and it's um, all aspects of life are open to art and so ever since then I've always thought like how can this become art how can this part of my life become art how can this object be art how can this moment or this feeling become like an artwork. Um, and so originally I was really interested in performance art mm -hmm. and um, I don't really have the balls for it. I always got stage fright. It always freaked me out. Mm -hmm. um, so I love performance artists and I just, I can't do it. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I think I, I was doing painting because, um, I don't know, like I enjoyed the medium. I like I liked the feeling of putting paint on a surface. Mm. Um, and I just, I felt like I didn't really, I couldn't really find my voice in that. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, like my paintings didn't really, say what I wanted them to say right. and so I kept adding more and more things um and so I don't really have like I don't have like a specific process for finding new materials or working with different materials mm -hmm. um I've just kind of found that fabric for me um really seems to I don't know like like we just click like mm -hmm. I don't have to think about it too hard I don't have to um like torture myself over it I can just work with it mm -hmm. and working with it and enjoy the outcome and then whenever I start doing other things it's more like 
I see other people being really good at their practice and their craft and I'm like I want to do that too yeah yeah then I try to like learn another thing and uh, sometimes it sticks sometimes it doesn't right but I mean I will say that like you know across a different sort of channels in which you've been expressing your art you're actually like very good at all of them I just saw your photography for the first time today as I was like you know getting ready and I was like these are really good what what can you not do (laughs) but you know that that was interesting how you talked about um painting not really getting across what you wanted because from an outsider's point of view I kind of see hints of that now too like this effort in your paintings to make them three-dimensional somehow or like go beyond just their flat surface you know whether that was like me reading too much into it or not but I'm like oh I can kind of see now like why um yeah like textiles and these soft sculptures um yeah really resonate with you I guess Okay, on to the next question. Um, so I've read that you're inspired by different artists like Yoko Ono and Sheila Hicks, um, as, among others. So one can see some of their influence peeking through your work. What is it about these women or other women that um, have influenced your work, do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's hard to say. Because a lot of, like, a lot of my favorite artists, I kind of, like, aspire to be like them. Mm. But I feel like a lot of my work isn't like them that much. I think there are a lot of, like, I think my work is is not too far off from, like, Sheila Hicks mm-hmm. um, and even Eva Hesse. Um, but Yoko Ono is, um, Yoko Ono really inspires me because she really activates the viewer mm-hmm. and um that that's something I feel like I struggle with uh but I'm still like trying to figure out how I can make my works more interactive how I can like think about um the viewer artwork relationship mm-hmm. um she had a show at the Gardner Museum a few years ago mm-hmm. which blew my mind it was it was incredible um and uh basically the the viewers were the ones really making the work mm-hmm. um and it was all all interactive um really really incredible and i've been like every time i i write about my inspirations and my work i always reference that show um because i think like I think the most important part of art is like how it makes us feel and how it makes us um, sort of think about our lives and think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she kind of does that and it's like inscribed into the kind of work that she does because she's like giving people instructions, but also like allowing them to make it their own. Mm. So I find that aspect uh, really interesting um even though it doesn't really come across in my work um, I'm still I'm still trying to that you like look up to or admire or yeah yeah um yeah or doing something that you like are reminding yourself even as you're making or to be like okay how can I try to like get the same or a similar reaction or something Mm -hmm. yeah um 
are there any artists that you're following lately that people should know about? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Um, Paige Dottie, very cool OCAD artist. Um, I'm obsessed with her work. I actually like bought one of her pieces recently and um, oh my god, her work is like beautiful and um, just like very nuanced. Um, you, you have to see it for, for yourself. Um, other artists I really like, uh, Jillian Tolliver, who yeah. um, OCAD grad, yeah. um, Shayla Ritchie, another OCAD grad. Great. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Um, Sophia Opal, she uh -huh. makes incredible work. Um, very mixed media, very experimental, super interesting. Um, Bethany Davis, uh, she's, her work's always transforming. Um, I find something like very comforting about her work. Um, she does a little bit of everything. So, um, who else? Katerina Stambolic. She does these very cool, I want to say like acetate works. Mm -hmm. um, I find them very inspirational. They're very plasticky. Um, yeah, just like absolutely gorgeous. Oh, that's great. That's a great list. I'm sure people out there are probably jotting them down and looking them up on Instagram or what have you these days. <laughs> um, and actually on this note, um, with Okaju's GradX show that has initially was cancelled and now is kind of, I guess, in conversation of potentially being postponed or, you know, like many other art fairs are scrambling to find a solution without even knowing what the next few months are meant to look like. Mm -hmm. How has that affected you, if at all? Yeah, um, so I was, I'm supposed to be in GradX. Um, really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely devastated that this is happening um yeah it's it's hard to say because it's like it's no one's fault really like it, it's canceled because of like for an important reason you know to protect a lot of people mm -hmm. um we we really want to postpone it um I think the student body is is pushing to um, reschedule it, yeah. um, but you know we don't know how how realistic that is because no one really knows how long the social distancing is is gonna last. Like yeah. I've been I've been trying to figure that out, like looking looking at news, saying what their sort of projections are, and it's it's all over the map. Really, it's like one to twelve months. Mm -hmm. anything could happen really yeah um yeah it's it's hard to to really um figure out because I mean for a lot of OCAD students GradX is kind of how they find jobs how yeah. they like how people find them how gallerists find them how um people like find their favorite artists like that's the start of your career mm -hmm. um 
there's been talk of doing online things, but uh, that's that's really hard to like yeah. manage. It's not the same. It's not the same experience. Um, not quite the same traction. Yep. Um, so it's difficult. There's no like clear solution. There's mm-hmm. like we don't. No one really knows what's going on. So yeah, and things change so much day to day, week to week. I mean, I know that perhaps like the best that, I mean, us on the outside who aren't, you know, part of GradX, but are hoping that it can still happen as like attendees or enthusiasts um, is that hopefully, you know, if, if all goes well, it can still go on, just happen at a later date, like a postponement, the same as what, you know, I'm sure like you say, all the students are hoping for as well. So yeah, we're trying to keep optimistic and hopefully their work, I know, you know, I can only imagine that they're working hard to try and find a solution. Mm -hmm. Okay, on that note, it's now time for our rapid fire question round. So yeah, I'm gonna ask you five questions and you can just answer as quickly as you can, but obviously no pressure. (laughs) Okay, what is your go-to snack? uh apples and caramel nice what is something that people don't know about you um i feel like everyone knows everything about me um i guess i grew up on a farm ah okay um what music are you listening to these days uh princess nokia What is one vice that you wish you could give up? All of them? (laughs) (laughs) Coffee. I think coffee. Coffee. Freaking coffee, man. And um, last one. If you could be someone else for a week, who would that be? I think like a random person. Like just like any, like just to see, you know, Um, I'm always like, I'm very curious as to like how other people just like experience things. And I think everyone experiences things very differently and we can't talk about it because it's so different for everyone. Yeah, that's great. I love that answer. And finally, before we sign off, Maya, is there anything that people out there should know about or how they could find you or support you or um, take a look at your work, et cetera? Um, yeah, I'm I'm on Instagram, Maya Skarzenski. Um, I have my own website. I'm on Partial Gallery as well. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really showing work now because no one is, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really interested in doing like online collabs or even just like artists talking to me. So I'm, I'm very, um, very like easy to contact. Sweet. Um, Well, thanks so much for joining us on Remote Art Talks, Maya. It was great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. All right. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Follow this project using the hashtag Remote Art Talks and make sure to follow our guest artists on Instagram. Artifier is a Toronto-based platform created to help people discover how art can be fun. Go check out artifier.net or follow us on Instagram at artifier.net.
For artist followers of Remote Art Talks, Partial Gallery is offering a discount on pro artist plans. Partial is a curated online directory of noteworthy independent artists. Go to partial.gallery, create a free profile, and use the code REMOTE to get a 10% discount on your pro plan.